Good morning, church. Man, I'm not getting baptized today, but I got a good confession. I forgot I was doing that this morning. Got reminded, no, no fault of Jamal. They reminded me all week it was placed there, and it was a turbulent week. And so uh, life took me a lot of places. It took me to, uh, you know, to, a, to the place of mourning. Uh, my uh, uncle's uh, funeral was on Wednesday uh, and a chance to celebrate his life. Um, and, and, you know, just, just to be there and quite honestly, um, which kind of became a, a message that I shared with the family was to strengthen what remains because how we got there, my uncle's time was passed, you know? And so, and, and because of his end struggling as he did through the end, not in pain, but just the life literally being sucked out of him, those that loved him, you know, just we were, a little distraught or distance because we knew it was nothing we could do for him, but pray. And then at the end, you're like, well, at least the suffering's over. The storm is passing over, as they say. And for mankind in general, even as it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, the end of a matter is better than its beginning, and patience is better than pride. And if you're of the world, uh, it's not hard to understand that seems odd because the world is always about living up in the now and making the most of the opportunities we have before us. But when you add a spiritual perspective, it allows you to look beyond that because, I mean, think about it. My, my wife said it just this week. Youth is wasted on the young. And we said it before, you know, it's like, if I had only known this before, if I had only known this years ahead, I would have done it differently. And we try to, when we have Children that we either teach or influence or have or nieces and nephews and grandchildren were like, look, you know, remember this. This is important. You know, we want to offer them advice because, again, we don't we want to guard our hearts and hopefully we do not to make them. Now, you live the life I couldn't, but we want to provide, you know, the wealth of the insight that we've gained. You know, it's like we, I want you to make informed decisions, have the information I didn't have so that you can make the most of the path set before you. But the world tells them, live in the now. It's all about now because the only thing you have to look forward to is death and decay. You don't want to wait till you're old and broken down. You want to live and enjoy and experience life now. In Psalms 53, it says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt and their ways are vile. There is no one who does good. God looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand. Any who seek God, everyone is turned away. All have become corrupt, and there is no one who does good, not even one. Do all these evildoers know nothing? They devour my people as though eating bread, and they never call on God. But they are overwhelmed with dread, where there was nothing to dread. God scattered the bones of those who attacked you. You put them to shame, for God despised them. Oh! That salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When God restores his people, let Jacob rejoice and be glad. That scripture came to mind because God, it reminded me that God is always looking down upon this world, looking upon his creation, looking to see who is piercing through that fog of foolishness and folly that saturates our world to look for me. Who recognizes my hand and my imprint on creation, on the providence and grace that they experience in their life? 
who's able to look beyond struggles and challenges and hard times and see a greater hope? It's rare because many of us, most of the world and everything in the world is telling us to look to the now, to maximize our enjoyment and our joy and our satisfaction in the now. But if you looked at that, it doesn't take far for that to come up empty and to be distraught. And again, no coincidence that without God, many, especially it comes to light, we're more educated as a society, but we also have more awareness in that, man, many people, when they get to the end of that pursuit of self-satisfaction, come up empty. We wrestle with depression and despondency and these struggles because the world comes up void. It comes up empty. But we should be rejoicing now. I was reminded of that this week. After the, after the resurrection, a week we are a week removed from Easter, right? Celebrating, as we do each week, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. We're celebrating with much of the world with us last week. Is the world rejoicing still? After the, after the resurrection, the disciples were still stuck in confusion and in mourning and in doubt. But it was Jesus himself who assured them that this was surely a time of rejoicing. Let's do John chapter 20. In John 20, we'll start in, um, we're going to start in verse 21. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also known Didymus, also known as Didymus, was one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. We were on this journey together. He said we were going to be victorious, and they took him down and they killed him. I've, I've had my belief, but I've seen him bleed and die on that cross. I want to see if you say it's true. I want to see it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, "Peace be with you." Then he said to Thomas, "Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side." Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which were not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Jesus came back. They had just seen their Messiah, their king, their leader, tortured and killed, expecting victory and a celebration. And they were mourning and confused. And even as report came out that he wasn't in the tomb, that he came back, it still wasn't enough because they had seen him in it. But God was still, Jesus was still patient. Even when Thomas, hey, brother, you need to see it, see it, feel it. Crazy, ain't it? <laughs> you know, it's just like, I got you, I understand. I know what you've been through. Now that you've seen, though, believe. 
But Jesus was amazed at us. That a time would come in this world that's saturated with self-satisfaction and do it now and live for now and you only have now, that people would believe in his word and believe the, the truth of the testimony that was poured out in the gospel and believe that there is something more ahead of us. And he was encouraged by it. He honored the faith that we have in God's word. So let us rejoice as those who know the best of life. True life lies ahead of us. And that to me is what I'm reminded for today when we take this communion, this cross. It is a time to be mournful and reflect because a, a, a life was given. A man had to die. And more than that, God himself had to endure that suffering. But he did and he willingly did because he was looking forward to rejoicing with us all. Those who walked with him and those who would believe. And we are those that believe. So let us rejoice today as we take communion, believing that God is honored. Almighty and eternal God, thank you so much for this opportunity to praise your name, to call in your name with brothers and sisters who believe in the word of God, who believe the truth that God was made man, who lived the sinless life, who walked this earth showing us how to reach out to God, who was willing to lay down his life, be, be tortured and die, not blaming those who did it, Father, but seeking a way to restore them to you. Father, help us to live rejoicing each day that we now live in that peace, in that space. We have an opportunity to lay down our life, to seek you with our whole heart, and to share the joy of your salvation with one another and those you put in our lives. We are grateful for this time, God, and we know that even though we may struggle with things, with pain and discomfort and setbacks in this life, we don't have to just bank on what this life gives us, Lord. Thank you that we can look beyond it to a time of rejoicing and celebration and union with you. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.